Welcome to Life on the Illinois Prairie. Your host is Wendy Fleming Dexter, and after 30 years living in small town Illinois, she has stories to tell. Past cornfields and factories, into the heart of Amish country. There's more here than what meets the eye, far beyond what you think you know. So buckle up and stay tuned. This is Life on the Illinois Prairie. Hello and welcome to Life on the Illinois Prairie. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter. Joining me on this blustery day in central Illinois is my husband and partner in crime, Stacy Doty. Hi, Stace. Hello. <laughs> For those who have listened to this podcast before, Stacy has sat at my side with his headphones on listening to each episode. He's my technical guy, having spent 35 years working IT at Eastern Illinois University in Charleston. It is Stacy who first suggested that I do a podcast, to which I promptly replied, you're crazy. And yes, you are. <laughs> no, you are the one who's crazy. <laughs> Careful there, buddy. Oh. <laughs> I agree. That's fine, my friend. That's fine. <laughs> that you're crazy? We both are, honey. It's fine. The beginning goes back to when I wrote a book about spaying and neutering called Pinky the Perminator Undercover Kitty, and I self-published that book and figured there would be no earthly chance that I would ever get to do an audio version. However, in time, the publishers did offer that option, and that is how I first became acquainted with Audavita the company that produces this podcast. So after I finished narrating the book, which was such an interesting experience in and of itself, with the help of Mark Shipman, Stacy suggested that we inquire about podcasts, and um, as they say, the rest is history. It's been such a fun learning experience, a scary one, a steep learning curve for a novice as I am. And uh, Stacy and I have been a couple since 2013. We began singing together in 2016, although Stacy's been a musician for 60 years, so that gives you an idea of our ages. Uh, when we made the decision to do the podcast, we decided to have a launch party in our local park. Since we were launching a podcast, we also decided to start another adventure and surprise the guests at our podcast launch party by getting married. So that is the synopsis of how the podcast got started. And we were told that we needed really to have a theme since I'm an unknown quantity, maybe a little more known now that I was, but I decided to focus on the Arthur Amish. I live at the southern end, southern tip of the Amish community. And so we're going to spend this time on this episode uh, kind of an, a year in review, and uh, discuss all of the wonderful guests that we've had. But we're going to go back to our very first uh, episode, episode one and two. So, Stacy, who was our first first guest on episodes one and two? Uh, that would be Wilbur Otto, uh, Introduction to Amish Culture. Wilbur Otto is a businessman in Arcola, Illinois. He was born Amish. 
His family later became Mennonite, and Wilmer attended Mennonite College. He had, Wilmer told about um, how he went to, with a tour group to study in Europe, and that introduced him to the history of the, of uh, phrases I'd never heard before, like Swiss brethren. And I asked Wilmer at that, in that episode to uh, explain the differences, the difference between Old Order Amish and Mennonites. And the pillars of Anabaptist faith, there are so much information that Wilmer gave that day. And it, for those of you who may not have heard of Wilmer, he is an extremely busy man. Uh, he, he has businesses in Ukraine and Romania. He's quite quite well known, and, and he is also the driving force behind the Illinois Amish Heritage Center, which is another focus that we've part of Many of our episodes have mentioned the Illinois Amish Heritage Center, and it's a place to educate people. As Wilmer said, there are many people in the Arthur area, Arthur Arcola area, who are interested in taking photos and seeing about the Amish, but you have what he calls gawkers, the people who just want to get a touristy type picture. And then you have the seekers, the people who want to learn more about the Amish and their culture and their heritage. And that is why, um, even though uh, uh, Wilmer, his family was Amish until he was 10 years old, and then they became Mennonite, and that exposed them to higher education and the opportunity to be in drive vehicles instead of horse and buggies. And they began to use electricity and um, ex exposed them to such a different life than he'd ever been exposed to before. And even though you know he left they left the Amish faith, they still have a deep connection with their Amish families and they never they've never they've never given that up. And so that's one of those things that is so important to Wilmer as society changes and in Amish society changes too. Um, they want to preserve their heritage and um, they moved two beautiful homes that were built in the 1800s by Amish craftsmen. And they moved those homes to the Illinois Amish Heritage Center. And so Wilmer, this is a, uh, it's a campus and a, an adventure that is deeply embedded in Wilmer's heart. And he fully admits that he has a wonderful group of volunteers. He doesn't do this by himself. And uh, he has a wonderful group of people who come and, and help there. And there will also be... Um, Added to all the all of the podcasts, we'll now have all the contact information on every every um, episode. Everybody's um, if they have a Facebook page or a website, that will be added too. So uh, Wilmer was just so such a, a wealth of information that um, I probably kept him longer than we should, but he gave us two episodes and. Uh, I, I urge anybody to go back and, and listen to what Wilmer has to offer because he he explained a lot of things, and I think that's part of what our, our um, journey with this podcast has been. If uh, We started out learning about the Amish and branched off into other people as time, as time goes on, but the Amish will always be a recurring theme for this podcast, and I admire them and their culture. So, Stacy, who was on episode three? Well, that would be the Amish of 
Illinois Heartland. We co-hosted that. We discussed Rebecca Mabry's book. We did. And that was, a. I had early on when I was trying to get people to come on this podcast, I had made some questionnaires and distributed them to several Amish people. And one lady said, hey, you know, every question that you're asking here can be answered by reading this book. And so she introduced me to this book, The Amish of Illinois Heartland. And Rebecca Mabry worked for the News Gazette in Champaign, Illinois, just about 45 minutes north of here. And she wrote this, uh, she, she became friends with the Amish. They embraced her and they took her in. They trusted her. Um, she became a very, very important person to so many of the Amish. And they, many of them to this day, when I mention her name, they know her and they know of her book because she explained things like um, about buggies and about what, uh, what the Amish believed uh, in the church. And about I asked things about uh, pictures. I'm interested in taking pictures. I always thought that the Amish didn't... Um, want their pictures taken because of something to do with a graven image, but it's the church just doesn't think they should pose for pictures. And um, that was one of the things, Stacy. I had Stacy read what would be the amount of food that would be served at an average Amish weddings, because um, that it's quite a substantial amount of amount of food and preparation that goes into that. But Rebecca Mabry's book, it's still available. You can buy this book on Amazon or if you Google the Amish of Illinois Heartland, you can still you can still read Rebecca Mabry's book. And it's a it's about the Arthur Amish. And it's a it's a wonderful book. I recommend it to anyone. So Stacy, who was on episode four? Uh, that would be Martha Ann Chupp. Uh, she was born Amish near Arthur. But now she is a filmmaker and has her own YouTube channel. I remember that Wilmer gave me Martha Ann Chupp's name and phone number, and he said I should call her. And when I did, I think you and I were sitting in the Savoy Walmart parking lot, and I was so taken aback when she answered the phone because she sounded so Southern. And I did not realize at the time that she had after she left this area and moved, she lived in Mississippi for for many many years, and so she had a Mississippi accent. It was not; it was a juxtaposition. It's not what I expected to hear when I called an Amish lady. And um, but I mean, obviously, she's left the Amish, but uh, and then she moved on to Fort Worth, Texas, where she'd been helping her cousin do movies. And now her dream has always been to come back to the Arthur area. She signed, a, a, bought a home recently, and she's going to open up a bed and breakfast here. Martha's just a delightful person, very, very fun, and has an interesting story. Very interesting story to tell. But as with all the Amish people that we've had on this show, they never forget their family. They um, still have close ties and contact with them, and um, it's always home, so I know Martha. Martha is looking is glad to be back home um, in in Arthur, Illinois. Stacy, who's next on episode five? That would be Troy Kaufman. He discusses Amish history and how it relates to Arthur Amish. Uh, Troy also discusses Amish migration from Switzerland and Germany. And uh, there was an interesting story how we met Troy. We did not know who Troy was 
we would hear him doing some announcing at the Illinois Amish Heritage Center periodically, but we didn't realize until a few visits that Stacy and I knew his son, Andrew Kaufman, who's a musician and friend in Champaign. So uh, once I, when I invited Troy to come on, he's just a, a wealth of knowledge. And I did not know uh, that the Amish migration had come from, from Switzerland and Germany. I just, I just, for some reason, thought they'd come from one place. And he would tell how... Um, you know, Hershberger's, Otto's different, and Stutzman's different people had come from different areas, and that it just never occurred to me. So Troy told a very interesting story, and many interesting stories, and that was that was a lot of fun. We we had a good time with Troy. Stacy, how about episode six? Uh, that is genealogist David Kent Coy. He discusses the history of Jacob Hostetler and the Descendants reunion. He shares information about Jacob Hostetler and his relationship to the current Arthur Amish. Well, I'll tell you, you talk about a busy man. David Kent Coy is that guy. He's a genealogist, but he and he is he's an administrator for so many Facebook pages, and he holds offices in different um, genealogical groups. I know he's involved with the Illinois State Genealogical Survey. And uh, he's he's just such a fascinating man. And, and when he came on and told his connection uh, that he is related to the Hostetler family, and he told of the Hostetler family gathering that was going to come up, that, that did happen this past uh, fall, he was explaining about the connection to the Hostetler family and so many churches, the footprints that the ancestors, that the descendants of Joseph Hostetler, um, how their footprint has is, is just runs through these counties of Macon and Douglas and Moultrie County, uh, how many churches that the, the descendants of Jacob Hostetler, the effect they had. Jacob Hostetler's story is tied to a, a massacre back during the French and Indian War when his family came under attack and he would not allow his sons to fire back on the Indians because that's part of the uh, Amish Mennonite belief at that time where they lived in Pennsylvania. They would not, he wouldn't, they were pacifists and he did not believe it was right to take another's life, even though his and his families were, were, were endangered. So his, his wife was murdered and um, scalped and one of his sons was killed. So it's just a it's just a fascinating story how that incident that happened out in Pennsylvania was uh, the descendants of that incident gathered at a group in Arthur at Arthur Christian School this summer and there were maybe four hundred people in attendance it was quite a fascinating thing Stacy and I got to go you didn't have to be a family member to be interested in, in the history of what happened. And so it was a fascinating, fascinating story. So Stacy, who was on episode number seven? Uh, that is local business owner, Ed Yoder. He discusses growing up in three different Amish communities. Ed shares growing up in different Amish communities before leaving the Amish and moving to the Arthur area. Ed again was one of those people that we that a name that came from Wilmer Otto, and 
Ed is another volunteer that is often, often seen at the Illinois Amish Heritage Center. And um, his story was so fascinating that he told the differences of how even though the Amish are under the same umbrella, they all have the same core belief that different communities have different standards and different beliefs, and um, some are stricter than others, and some are less so. There are there are cons- more conservative Amish communities, and there are more liberal Amish communities. That sounds kind of like an oxymoron, but um, it's it's true. And in fact, Arthur Illinois is one of the more liberal Amish communities. And uh, so it was quite fascinating to hear Ed tell his story of um, how it, it moving from one community to another, the differences that he encountered, and then when he moved back to Arthur, and you know, met, I believe that's where he met his wife, and now he has a construction business called Dagny Construction, and he's a very successful businessman, and that was that was a wonderful experience talking to Ed. So, Stacy, who is our guest on number eight and number nine? That is Jerry Winters. Uh, part one involves Jerry Winters as an artist, art gallery owner, and an entertainer. Uh, Jerry Winters is an entertainer who now lives in Arthur, Illinois, and owns an art gallery. Uh, Jerry shares stories of his past and how he came to embrace Arthur as his home and how he enjoys the Amish. And what a character Jerry Winters is. We love Jerry dearly. We'd love to get up and see him any chance we can. And we recommend anybody, if you're in the Arthur area, a lot of people want to go to Yoder's and eat. And that's a good idea. Yoder's is a great place to eat. But you got to go to Winters Art Gallery because it's a one-of-a-kind experience. He uh, the, That gallery was started when Jerry and Jerry was a... a was his parents were stage entertainers, and to keep him occupied when they were when he was backstage and his parents were performing, they put Jerry with some paint by number sets, and Jerry learned to paint by number. Well, he he far outgrew that, and he, as he became older, he became an entertainer, and uh, he sings and carries on, and we just have he's so much fun, and. Um, when, when we were talking to Jerry, it, he said at, at his gallery before we had him come on the podcast, he said um, that he had he and his wife they'd lived in France for twenty years and that they'd also lived in Carmel, California. And I said, "Oh, isn't that where Clint Eastwood was the mayor?" And he said, "Clint was my neighbor." <laughs> and and he also told Betty White was a neighbor. He said he tells a story in uh, episode number nine about his, when he talked to Betty, his wife thought that Betty White had a potty mouth. And I think anybody who knew about Betty White and her love of animals, there's two things that Betty Betty White was a wonderful uh, person, a great, great entertainer, great actress. And she loved animals. That's what she, one thing she was known for, but she was always so known for her potty mouth. So he tells a really funny story in the second episode about that. But when Jerry and his wife moved, to Arthur, they they had not lived here very long, and and in twenty twenty, Joan got sick with COVID and died, and it was such a I can't imagine how devastating that would be for for Jerry. That was a tough time for everyone, but to go through that loss, but Jerry said, you know, 
he realized that when he was a, an entertainer and traveled and going all around the around the world doing the things that he did, he did not have the time to create real friendships. And here in Arthur, Illinois, he has real friendships. And his church is important, and and uh, his dogs. Every and and the other thing about Jerry that is so fascinating is that his wife, his late wife Joan, had when she realized his artistic talent, she had um, gotten him in uh, in with smuckers, the smuckers, the the jelly people, and sun made raisins, and he had exclusive. Artwork that he did for those for those two companies, and uh, Jerry's. A, you can go when you go into his shop. He's in in his gallery. He's usually working on a painting, and I'm in awe of how meticulous and how his work is just so so t- t- uh, tiny. I, I just can't believe how the, the. Wouldn't you agree, Stacy? The detail work that we see in his pictures doesn't it just blow your mind when we go in there? Oh yes, it's incredible. And then there was the time when we went in and his Sarah, Sarah Lawrence, his manager, had uh, left for the day and she'd come back and forgotten her keys, I believe, or or maybe her phone. But she came back to the gallery and when she walked out, Jerry walked up the door and and locked the door. And we said, I said, oh, Jerry, I'm sorry, we don't mean to keep you. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, you sit down. He said, the lady sit down, Stacy. He said, Stacy, who do you want to hear? <laughs> and Jerry sat down at the piano. Stacy, who did what music do you remember? What songs you asked him to play that you sang with him? Yeah, that was I Left My Heart in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. And he's just so down to earth and and a, a great man. Great man. So he was so much fun and loved to have him on. We'll have him back. We love. We'll have. We'd love to have every one of our guests back because they've been wonderful people. So, Stacy, who who is here for number ten? Uh, that is genealogist again, uh, David Kentucky returns to discuss the Hostetler family gathering. Yes, we had we had David Kentucky come back and recap the event, which had just such a wonderful turnout, and it turned it, what what had happened initially was they were going to have that dinner and gathering out at the Illinois Amish Heritage Center up in the barn that had, that they had put up last year. The barn was made from, from an old barn that had been dismantled and from bad wood. The bad wood had been replaced with good wood, so they uh, melded those two together and uh, reconstructed this historic barn and they were going to have this dinner up in the haymow of that barn but it would have number one there were so many people i don't know how how they could have gotten them in there but it was so hot it was incredibly hot that 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 day so they made the decision to move it to the arthur christian school in arthur illinois in the gymnasium and it filled that gymnasium up and uh Yoder's catered that meal, and um, what a wonderful experience that was. It was a great time. And so it was wonderful for David Kent Coy to come back and explain and recap uh, what they'd learned. And um, it's just, just a wonderful experience talking about the Hostetter family gathering. So, Stace, who was number 11? Uh, that is uh, WCA meteorologist Kevin Lighty. He shares his insights from his 20 years in the business 
and he discusses the complexities and the difficulties of forecasting the weather. And what an interesting guy he was, too. We, we uh, had a wonderful time with Kevin relating his history, how he started out growing up in Vetersburg, Indiana. And um, I think he, he did some time at WTHO. He traveled around different stations, as they all do. But he landed back in Channel 3. And it was very, very that's, that's my go-to station, it's WCIA. And I love the weather team that they have there. I always feel like if we have a severe weather event, those people are on top of it. And uh, Kevin is the chief meteorologist there, and he's a dad and a, a Cubs fan, and um, he had just recently lost his dog, Wrigley. And so we talked about all those things, and uh, so it, it was it was wonderful wonderful uh, interview to have Kevin Lighty there. And again, I appreciate somebody like that taking time out of his day when he has so many professional obligations. So that was a great, uh, great time. Stacy, who was number 12? Uh, that would be Carlos Wyatt. He discusses his Facebook page and groups. Uh, Carlos Wyatt is the creator of the Illinois Weather Facebook page and Facebook groups. Illinois Storm Community and What's Up Illinois, and shares about their explosive growth. And what explosive growth they have had. Carlos was a very interesting person, very interested in the Illinois weather, which is what got him started, uh, his first page, Illinois Weather Facebook page. And his interest in that bled over into a storm community. People were posting so many pictures on the weather page that they uh, started the Illinois Storm uh, Community Group and the What's Up Illinois Group. The storm community is, is weather-related, obviously, and then What's Up Illinois is just pictures of any that anyone would like to post that are within the guidelines of those pages. But um, when they started uh, he had this, I can't remember the exact weather event. He tells about it in the, in the, the podcast. But the, grou- the, the group just grew so quickly that it was, it was hard to keep up with everything. And Carlos was trying to manage these, uh, this page and these two groups on his own and uh, finally ended up getting some other moderators to help him because that's when you get you know a thousand pictures in every day or people trying to post and you have guidelines, it can get quite daunting and overwhelming in a short time. So Carlos was just, he's a guy working a full-time job, going to school and um, a really great guy. I was just, I love talking with him. So Stacy, who's next? That is historian Carolyn Cloyd. She discusses Dr. Omer Barnes and the Barnes family and shares stories relating to Arcola and Hinesboro, Illinois. She also explains how the Barnes family ties into the Hostetler family. There again, Carolyn Cloyd is such an interesting person, and she um, kind of heads up the Coles County Historical Museum, which is in the Illinois, the Mattoon Depot, and uh, she's going to come on again. I just just sent her a message not too long ago, so she's going to be another recurring upcoming guest. But for episode 13, she came on and just discussed Dr. Omer Barnes, 
And Liz, Dr. Lizzie Barnes, who was one of the first women doctors in the state of Illinois, if I have, my memory serves me, but uh, she had some wonderful stories about, there was a little Tolstoy writing letters to somebody that lived in Arcola, and she was talking about a, uh, a person who ground their own lenses for a telescope. Uh, she had some wonderful stories to share, and then she shared about how those people, how that related to the Hostetler family. So uh, we had her on to tie that in with the Hostetler family gathering, but Carolyn is a wonderful and most interesting person, so we're going to have her come back on and uh, enlighten us more about the Coles County Historical Museum in an in, in episode to come. So Stacy, who is on episode 14? That is Chris Serdick, uh, creator, Mattoon History Center, and he shares how the center came about. Chris discusses how Mattoon History Center has grown. He tells how generous donations from the public and untold hours of hard work have made the History Center a must-see for Mattoon residents and others. Boy, what a place that is, huh? I know uh, we've spent a lot of time in there, haven't we, Stacy, down there in that basement? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, uh, Chris has just, uh, he there again, he has other people who have helped him, but I would say that this is a primarily a, a labor of love by Chris Serdick, and uh, many times it, there there's a Facebook page called The Good Old Days of Illinois, and uh, many a question have been answered by Chris Serdick because of his extensive research and knowledge. I mean, he has uh, boards that show where every gas station, restaurant, and grocery store were, have been located in Mattoon since Mattoon became a town. And so it's it's very, uh, very worthwhile for anybody to go take their time. A lot of times people who have class reunions will arrange to have a, a tour with, with Chris. And um, it's in the basement of the Mattoon Public Library. And they've just about filled up every square inch, I think. It's just a, a fascinating. It's one of those things that you can't see all at one time. It requires several trips because things are just there's just so many details to take in about all the businesses in Mattoon that have happened um, that that have come and gone. And it's, it's an incredible place, and I just I don't say that because Mattoon is my hometown, and I'm very proud of it. But uh, I'm very proud of Chris and what he has done to make this um, history center a reality. And so many people have donated items. They're not all not all the un items are donated. They uh, but there, some of the donations that have monetary donations have helped fund some of the purchases that have been made. Some, some fascinating things have come across on eBay that they have bought. So, we sure had a wonderful visit with Chris, Stacy, who's number fifteen. Uh, Angie Miller. She is the executive director of Arcola Chamber of Commerce. Uh, she discusses the fifty-third Arcola Brewcorn Festival. Uh, she shares insights into planning and executing such a large event and highlights new businesses in amazing Arcola. And what a time it was talking to Angie. Uh, we talked to her just before the 53rd annual Broom Corn Festival, which is uh, Arcola just 15 minutes from me. And it's a wonderful town. Um, I've set up as a vendor at the Broom Corn Festival since 2012. 
And um, Angie, the first year Angie took over that from that uh, being the chairperson, took it over from Loretta Coatney. There was just a terrible rainstorm, and it was it, it was very challenging for the organizers. But they picked themselves up and they moved forward. And I know that that was a daunting experience for Angie, but it, as challenging as it was, she's still there. And she's the, as the executive director of the Arcola Chamber of Commerce, um, she, she is a very active person, um, again, very busy, a mother, but she found time to talk to us and discuss the changes that have come to Arcola and um, new businesses. There's a, a now a dentist in Arcola, and a, a uh, they have an eye uh, eyeglass business in Arcola. That's new, and they've recently redid their Dollar General store. To, and now it's a market where they have produce in there. So, and that place is always busy. And Arcola has so many manufacturing jobs, and they're bringing in more. It's a very uh, it's a very vibrant place for a, for a small town, and they don't call it Amazing Arcola for nothing. <laughs> so uh, who's next, Stacey? Uh, that is Matthew White. He is the morning and midday anchor for WCIA Channel 3. He speaks about community involvement. Matthew shares his insights about being a journalist and how community involvement can impact not only his life, but the lives of others. Well, I have coffee with Matthew every morning, although he doesn't know it, but I do. I, they, I start my day with the morning show, and I'm always amazed at, at Matthew White's amazing, upbeat demeanor and his community involvement. He always is trying to better the uh, Champaign-Urbana area and and fighting for the youth. And he has so many people on there trying to help troubled youth and keep them off the streets and involve them in so many positive uh, aspects of life and trying to turn their lives around or keep them from from turning in the wrong direction. So uh, Matthew was a, a very interesting guest. We had, a, we had a good time with him. He's an animal lover. He's got a dog and a cat. So uh, we had a, a great time with Matthew. He's got a big heart, and uh, I, I, it was wonderful talking with him. I hope to talk to him again. Thank you for joining us for part one of our recap of 2023. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for listening to Life on the Illinois Prairie, the undercurrents of our American life. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to Life on the Illinois Prairie wherever you get your podcast. Stay tuned for more stories, interviews, and updates. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter. Until next time. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.